You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast today, Monday night. Following the Braves and Nationals game, this one ended pretty early in the evening, so decided to do a post-game episode. We'll cover the Braves' 5-3 win over the Nats, how it went down, what it means, and more. On tonight's show, brought to you by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com to find the best prices on parts for your car or truck. All right, let's get to it. Okay, so your final score tonight is the Atlanta Braves 5, the Nationals 3 from Truist Park in Atlanta. Uh, the Braves get to 25 and 26. The Nationals now drop to 20, 21 and 29 on the year. And that puts them in a spot now where they are six and a half games out of first place in the National League East. The Mets have yet to play uh, on this Memorial Day. They play the Diamondbacks tonight. Uh, the pitchers of record in this game. For the Braves, it was Charlie Morton who picked up the win. And in the other side for the Nationals, it was uh, Joe Ross who got the loss in tonight's game. Look at that run. This makes the fifth straight loss for the Washington Nationals. Uh, they have not been playing good baseball as of late, as you all know. Joe Ross had a kind of a weird outing tonight. Five, uh, five innings pitched, three hits, four runs. They're all four earned, three walks, seven Ks. And a home run allowed. So I mean, he kind of got off. Got kind of he got off to a really shaky start. Uh, he loaded the bases, and in that first inning, they allowed the Braves to drive in three runs: a sack fly from Swanson, and then Contreras hit a single that drove in two. So you're kind of thinking at that point, "Oh no, here we go." And then he settled in. Uh, he did a pretty good job after that. Uh, well, in the second inning, there was a there was a solo home run from Acuna, but past that, then he. Then he began to uh, settle in. I think he nearly, I think it was 10 guys maybe in a row. That he eventually would sit down and uh, stayed in the game, gave them five solid innings. And the Nationals were able to respond some at one point in this game. In the fourth, Josh Bell homered. Uh, it was a two-run shot that scored Juan Soto. And then Joe Ross uh, got a single that scored Stalin Castro, and um, that made it 4-3. to three. So it felt like the Nationals were in a spot that they could you know, kind of still be in the game. The momentum was shifting their way, and the Braves got one more run in the sixth inning to make it 5-3. to three. And the Nationals were not able to sustain any offense at all past that. Um, the, you know, the, the Braves tonight had five runs on six hits. They had two errors. The Nats had three runs on seven hits, so a little bit better with the heading department, but they were not able to convert enough of, of their chances uh, they were two for nine with runners in scoring position tonight. So once again, leaving a lot of guys on base, seven guys left on. And between Joe Ross and Kyle Finnegan, those two guys gave up runs tonight. And not normally, you know, that's not what we used to see, but five runs of this game felt like it should have been enough to be competitive, especially when you score three runs in one game. You leave seven guys on base. You have two for nine runners in scoring position. You've got to be able to com- be competing in those games. I mean, it feels like the Nationals – if they don't score or the, if the pitching doesn't hold uh, the opposing team to under two or three runs, the game is basically over for them. It's that's it, kind of how it's feeling at this point in time. Um, you know, you look at the offensive output here that they've had as of late. I mean, they scored three runs in the entire series 
against the Milwaukee Brewers. And I know two of those games were seven inning games that it didn't feel like the Nats were going to score any runs anyway past that. And then you go all the way back to that uh, Milwaukee, or excuse me, the Cincinnati series. They scored one run in the first game, five in the second, and got shut out in the third. So, I mean, a total of six runs uh, over the course of those games. And they are now on a stretch for other last seven games. They've scored a total of 12 runs. It's less than two runs a game. It's just not going to get the job done in any capacity. And there's a reason why in those last seven games, the Nationals are one and six. It's pretty simple at this point. The pitching was good enough. to And look, none of these losses in the last seven have been blowouts. They got a 2-1 loss, a 5-3 win, a 3-0 loss, a 4-1 loss, a 6-2 loss, a 3-0 loss, and a 5-3 loss. I mean, in all of those losses, a team scored more than five runs once. Um, and this is the issue the Nationals are having. It's just... They can't seem to do it in multiple innings of the game. They'll have a nice inning, but they can't bring that uh, to fruition more often. You know, and, and I'm not really sure what the answer is, but I think the word is frustration. And I've been seeing that on Twitter. I mentioned that earlier today in an earlier episode of the, of the podcast. The word is definitely frustration at this point for Nationals players and fans. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll discuss the final tallies uh, in this game Uh, But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our new friends at Credit Karma. Credit Karma is here to help you out. They've always been here to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more with a Credit Karma money spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification? And if you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait with Credit Karma money. You can win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC, maximum balance, and transfer limits do apply. Also, today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com today, y'all, to find the best prices on parts for your car or truck. They've got hundreds of manufacturers. They've got thousands of parts. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, let's get some final tallies in this game, especially from the hitting side of things. Trey Turner was 0 for 5 uh, with 4Ks. Josh Harrison went 1 for 4. Juan Soto, 1 for 2 with 2 walks. Josh Bell was 1 for 4. He had that uh, home run earlier in the game. Kyle Schwarber was one for four as well. Starling Castro was 0 for three. He's been slumping a bit lately. Jan Gomes, two for four. Good to see him have a nice game. Andrew Stevenson was 0 for two. Joe Ross was one for two, uh, which was cool to see. And then uh, one thing that really bears mentioning is that Victor Robles returned to the lineup in this game. So Victor Robles came back. And I think that's something that the Nationals can definitely uh, be excited about because I think they need to do a better job of turning over this lineup right now and maybe giving some more chances to the guys in the front of it to drive in some runs because uh, the inconsistency right now is really killing them. And I talked about it earlier on today's show, but 
Victor Robles had a really awesome month, and it was a small sample size, but he had a spectacular month um, offensively for him. I mean, not just, you know, I'm not saying generally, but offensively for him. 271, 352 on base, 396 slugging, and then a uh, 748 OPS in 48 ABs. You know, he drove in four runs, walked four times. Strikeouts were still up there, but he was able to get on base. He stole three bases. So for him, having him play well is something the Nationals need because they tried to hit him leadoff. That clearly didn't work out. But uh, in that nine spot, he's done a better job, especially in the month of May, of turning the lineup over. And he didn't get a hit tonight. He almost dropped one in there. But to have him back, um, that's a very positive sign. And for him to be playing center field, you know, well, hopefully him be playing center field, depending on, you know, how well he's doing. Um, that is going to be an encouraging sign for the Nationals. All right, we're going to take one more quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to talk about you know what really needs to happen here because and I, I mentioned some of it earlier today, but we got to have a serious conversation about the Washington Nationals right now because this thing is heading in a bad direction, and uh, I think it's it's time for a nice dose of reality about what to expect moving forward from this team because right now uh, the expectations I think are still a little bit higher, and people are becoming disappointed with what's happening. So. Quick break here, a word from our sponsors, and then we'll continue on. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you track all the action at BetOnline.ag. Get all the news, scores, and odds, and info you need, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, boxing, all of those things. For the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their playoff runs. Not really in baseball, but I think this is more for uh, NBA and NHL. Head to the website today. Once again, betonline.ag. Make an account. It's free. Use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, and you will receive a 50% deposit bonus. If you deposit $100, they'll give you an extra 50 to play with as well. Once again, bet online, promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so the Nationals, once again, they are 29 or 21 and 29. The, that is, you know, they're on a five game losing streak. They've lost, uh, you know, I guess five of the last or six of the last seven games at this point in time. And the offense is clearly just not getting any better. Uh, unless this team somehow has some kind of miraculous turnaround, right? This is um, this is going to be an issue that either needs to be solved a couple ways, either by adding some other players to the mix here, um, changing some things up drastically, or once again, they, they have some performances where guys just start turning things around at the plate. And look, the Nats pitching has been very good this year. It's been very strong. But something you have to note, and I talked about it earlier today, is that, that the, the, uh, the Mets – are one of the worst offensive teams in the league. They've scored 161 runs. They've given up 159. So that 161 runs scored, they played a few less games, but still, that 161 runs scored is the worst in the National League. It is the worst in the National League. Uh, it's the worst in the American League. It's the worst in the league, period. So, so you know, that, that's kind of where they are. They are 13 runs uh, behind the next closest team, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Excuse me, 14 runs behind the next closest team. The, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, once again, they've played seven less games, but still, you see where I'm coming from. The difference is the fact the Mets are 25 and 20, having that low of a number, it's this. They've allowed 159 runs. 
That's like absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the performances from DeGrom, Marcus Stroman, and Taiwan Walker this year have been immaculate. I mean, Taiwan Walker's ERA is sub two, and he's made, I think, eight starts at this point. Marcus Stroman has been fantastic. Jacob DeGrom, we know how good he is. Dave Peterson's given them some good work at times, but this this rotation, that rotation for them, has been really strong, and uh, more than really strong. And if you're going to score runs at the clip that the Nats and the Mets do, which is not a very high one, your pitching better be lights out if you have any ideas of winning games. Not saying it's on the pitching to always be lights out, but that's the only circumstances under which you'd win. The Nats have allowed 214 runs, which isn't bad by any, it's not bad by any means necessary. You know, it's, it's the third best in the division, and um, you know, it's one of the better ones. Really, I think about this, the Cubs allowed 213 this, year, this season. The Nats have allowed uh, 214. The Cardinals have allowed 224 this year. The Brewers, 215. The Reds, 272. Pirates, 249. Uh, you know, the Dodgers, 205. The Rockies, 271. Uh, Dimebacks, 286. You know, so if you are going to score this clip, right, it's pretty clear. You know, I mentioned some of the good teams, some of the bad teams there. If you're scoring at a low clip, you're, you're pitching better be lights out. And so their pitching is by no means bad, but it's by no means uh, elite level, uh, top tier, and can overcome poor offensive performances on a night in and night out basis. Uh, I think the frustrating thing when I watch the Nationals is knowing that they've got talent, they've got good individual players. You know, they've got Trey Turner who's had a really good season. They've got Juan Soto who, even though he's yeah, had not a great year for his standards, still it's a pretty good, uh, it's pretty decent clip at which he at which he hits and gets on base, right? Schwarber and Bell have been have been really bad and struggled, but they've started to come around just a little bit. Uh, Stalin Castro, besides last, you know, recently, has had a pretty good season so far. Josh Harrison, excellent season. Jan Gomes has not been bad. Victor Robles, like I said, when he played in May, was really good. Ryan Zerman, when he plays, has been really good. The issue I'm having is that, and this has manifested itself statistically in the fact that the Nationals have one of the best batting averages in the entire league, right, as a team. So they're getting a lot of really good individual performances, but the issue is, Especially, and one thing I've noticed too, uh, looking at the numbers today, with like runners in scoring position and two outs, they've got some guys that have really struggled this year, really had d- difficult times driving in those runs in big situations, uh, especially, and we'll take a look at it right now, because um, you, you know, on ESPN.com and many other websites too, you can look at um, situations. So scoring position and two out, we can see what the Nationals do as a team. And as a team, with runners in scoring position, and two outs, they hit 206. Stalin Castro is 192. Josh Bell, 158. Kyle Schwarber, 235. Just a little bit better there. Josh Harrison's one of the best in the team at he's 333. Trey Turner is 286. That's pretty good. Robles has had actually a, a fair amount of opportunities at 12 um, with that, that spot. So he's uh, 333 for that. Ryan Zerman is 167 at 11 attempts. So this is a team that is not driving in guys at a very high clip. I mean, 206 to team with runner scoring position and two outs is not is not going to get the job done. And also, too, look, once again, you have the pitcher hitting, and that does happen sometimes. Uh, but, the, but the Nats, in, in terms of how they do with runner scoring position, not good enough. They hit 237 um, as a team with runners in scoring position, period, and they hit 206 with runner scoring position and two outs. So this is a pattern that we're continuing to see. And I don't think there's any kind of lineup shakeup that you can do that, that automatically fixes this kind of thing. This is a 
um, this is just the guys have to hit together. You know, they can't be having the Trey Turner 0 for 5 games in sequence with the Josh Bell 1 for 4, 2 run home run, and Juan Soto 1 for 2, right? Uh, I know there's the idea that you can, you know, guys got to pick other guys up. You got to pick your teammates up, right? Something they teach you in, in youth baseball. You know, hey, uh, you know, one guy having a rough day, all right, that's fine. Everybody else needs to stay locked in, stay focused, be on the bats. But they can't pick each other up. They're not, they're not, their lineup's not good enough. It's just, it's flat out not good enough. Um, the, the conditions which we talked about, again, earlier this year, for them to be good were these things had to break right. Schwarber and Bell, you know, needed to be um, at least some semi-versions of their better versions, right? Whatever you think the best version of Kyle Schwarber is, whatever you think the best version of Josh Bell is, those guys need to be somewhere around that for this team to compete and succeed this year. Juan needed to be one. He's not totally been. Trey Turner needs to kind of be doing what he's doing, right? They need production from Victor Robles. They need production from Starling Castro. And it's not like they haven't had it at all. Once again, fifth best batting average, but it's never in concert, it feels like, especially during a run like they're having right now. I mean, once once again, tonight, two for nine with runners in scoring position. It felt like they grabbed some momentum back, but because their offense was so poor, it, they never really able to put a, a, t- a ton of pressure on the Braves consistently, right? You never feel like in those last few innings that the Nationals are threatening to score. You know, you never feel like, oh, oh God, uh, we, we got to worry about this Nats lineup. You know, you never feel too pressed the Nationals are going through, uh, you know, if you can build a two-run lead late in a game, I feel really confident going against this team right now. And that can't happen. you got to make teams feel your presence. you got to feel dangerous as a team. And I feel like part of that is, you know, some self-belief too. But uh, they just – they don't seem to – there's just not much confidence going on right now. Uh, there's not a whole lot of confidence going on. And you look at especially this last – I mentioned these last, um, last three innings. These guys – just they, I think they went down in order. I don't think they got a single hit in the last three innings. Yeah, uh, ground out, struck out, ground out, and then you go short, fly out, strike out, ground out, and then the final inning you get a fly out, strike out, fly out. So the last uh, three innings, you know, in, in a game that was still a two-run game, the Nationals put zero pressure on the Braves, and that felt that was the same thing that we saw this week. I mean, if you watch the Sunday game for the Nationals. You felt like once the the Brewers built that lead, it did not matter. And I know they punched back a little bit that the Nats did in that game, but but against an elite arm like not the Sunday game, excuse me, the, uh, the Saturday game. Uh, but the the Sunday game, I mean, once once there was a two nothing lead, I did not feel like at all the Nationals were going to punch back. Now you could say, hey, they did against the, the Orioles. Yeah, they did against the Orioles. They 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 don't they have not uh, convinced anybody against good teams save the Cardinals this year. And that's that was a long while ago. It feels like for the Nats that they can punch back, they can fight back, they can get back into a game. Because, once again, when, when you listen, we watch the broadcast, Bob Carpenter uh, and, and Justin Maxwell harp on the idea that the Nationals need early offense. They do, because they cannot play from behind. They can't. They do not have the firepower to consistently win games against good teams when they're behind. Uh, the numbers don't bear that out, the performances aren't bearing that out, and the results are not bearing that out. So, they need to have some major adjustments. And the reason why I say this now, like, you can hit the panic, bucket, panic button now. You are totally, if you want to panic now about the national season, you are well within your rights to. They are 21 and 29. And the reason why I say this is because they are going to play three more games against the Braves, who are now 6-1 and one against them on the season, and then uh, three games in Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is a very good team at home this year. 
and then two against a really good Tampa Bay team before they go home for four against the San Francisco Giants. So say whatever you want, man. I mean, like, and here's the thing: you even go through the rest of their schedule. I'm not looking way down the line here. Three with Pittsburgh, okay, winnable. Four with the New York Mets. I mean, do we do we really trust the the the, the Nats lineup against Mets pitching right now? Two in Philadelphia, four in Miami, um, two against Tampa, four in, uh, four against Los Angeles, four in San Diego, three in uh, San Francisco. I mean, they are playing a bunch of really good teams uh, coming up here in the first half of the season. And this stretch, I think especially this stretch of games they have right now, the next eight games, Atlanta, Philly, and Tampa, if the Nats end up going in this stretch, let's just say three and five, if they go three and five in this stretch, that's going to put them at uh, 24 and 34. So that would be 10 games under 500 going home to face what is, I believe, I think they're still at least tied for it or near the top, a first place club. At home, that's that's what the Nationals would be facing, uh, and you're you're really approaching backs against the wall type territory. I mean, this is one of those this is one of those things where look, maybe later in the season the Nationals can go on a run and be just as good as the Braves, be just as good as the Mets. But you, when you dig yourself in a hole like this, you've got to fight out of that hole and then match the quality of play out of whoever's at the top of the division. And this is not 2019. It's pretty clear at this point that this team this team is not 2019. Uh, and they and they don't seem like I know I'm saying you know it sounds like oh kind of overreacting but look there aren't really many signs of life at this point and maybe glass half fully say well they look horrible and they're only six and a half back sure if if you want to say that you want to look at it like that you can and I've been pretty tempered about hitting the panic button but I think if you use the context you say look at their their next their upcoming schedule they have and and you consider the way they played against quality opponents so far this season this is not this is not trending in a good direction. If you take those factors into account, who they're playing now, where they're playing them, because I mean, the Nats are eight and fourteen on the road. Uh, they are one of the worst. They are one of three teams in Major League Baseball right now who have not won at least ten games on the road yet this season. Uh, they're you know six games under five hundred on the road so far, and they're going to play a team in Philadelphia next who's fifteen and ten at home. They're playing the Braves right now who have won six of seven against them on the season. They played Tampa who's thirty five and twenty. <laughs> so this and then the, oh, the Giants. Uh, at home, and uh, they're 19-13 on the road this year in their first place in their division. The Nationals have to start playing well, uh, or else you can, I mean, we can start talking about, we can start doing trade podcasts. And uh, I know the players are frustrated. It's not like they're not trying, but um, I think as somebody who's observing, this this is like beating your head against the wall. I mean, watching this homestand where they had a chance to grab momentum after having a sweep, and I know it of a bad team, but sometimes when you beat bad teams, you can gather momentum. Watching them and the way they performed on offense over the last week or so has been, I mean, it's just like the worst kind of baseball to watch. It's crappy as a fan. It's crappy as a player. It's crappy going, crappy going to the games. Um, you know, once again, five-game losing streak is not the end of the world, but this is going to end up being a competitive division. The teams that are too good. And so I think there can be some frustration, uh, you know, with Mike Rizzo and maybe not David Martinez, but with how this team was built because um, – you could say that, hey, they're only 21 and 29 because of guys like a Josh Harrison and Yadiel Hernandez uh, keeping them afloat uh, during some during some tough times. And once again, COVID can be an excuse for how things went early. But uh, this is what the Nationals have struggled with all year long, right? They've had a couple really, you know, a uh, couple wins at the buzzer, if you will, uh, the Kyle Schwarber walk-offs and low-scoring games. But anytime it feels like the heat is turned up on them by an opposing pitcher, 
they wilt. Their offense wilts, and they can't get guys on base. And they can't. Well, they've gotten guys on base. They cannot have the runner scoring position. So um, it's now or never. It's now or never. I mean, then they're only seven games above five hundred or below five hundred rather. But uh, context says that. Look, if you just if you play the way you've played on the road against good teams, uh, like you have, there's a chance they could go two and six in the next eight games. That's not out of the question. They play a team that's thirty five and twenty. Once again, a team in the Phillies who's really good at home. And they're playing a team that they've only beat once in seven tries this year. So this is trending one direction. They've not saying they can't turn it around, but uh, the the factors right now, the the you know kind of the, the things that are uh, in place point towards them, you know uh, this point towards this getting worse potentially. Uh, and luckily for them, they've got Steven Strasburg going tomorrow. That is something that I think you know look forward to because he has been a guy this year. That with the injuries, you know, coming back, he's looked solid in his last two starts. So they get Strasburg. Um, it turns out I, I mentioned that Eric Fetty was supposed to start on Wednesday, and I actually said that uh, you know I, saw, I was reading a CBS article and it was from Mark Zuckerman, but it sounds like they want him to get a rehab stint in first. So I don't know how that situation is going to go. Um, I'm not sure what the Nationals, Nationals are going to do on Wednesday, so they don't know who their starter is. And then they've got Patrick Corbin, who I know we don't trust at this point, going up against Ian Anderson. John Lester is going to go against Philadelphia on Friday. Max Scherzer, you know, really good. But, hey, look, if Max gives up two home runs like he did yesterday, uh, you know, then the Nats can't come back and win because their offense has been anemic so far this year. Then Joe Ross again. So they have got to bring the offense. That's, that's, that's pretty simple here. And uh, they got to do it now. They have to do it now. Because going up against the Braves and Mets, uh, I will take my chances with those teams as opposed to the Nationals trying to climb out of a hole with what I've seen this season. And you're spotting them a lot of games, too. You're spotting them a lot of games. You're putting yourself in a hole. And I don't know if this group can climb out of it because they've not shown at this point any kind of consistency. All right, that will do it for tonight's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.